Welcome to chapter three, interpersonal communication and the self. If there were ever a chapter that I think we could spend an entire semester and just study every concept and every term and then apply it to our actual lives, this would be the one that I would say not only we could, but we should. Understanding who we are and how we developed has so much to do with how we interact with other people. And so you'll hear people use the phrase like, I'm working on me right now, or I'm doing the work. And I think that has to do with so much you're gonna find in this chapter. So let's talk a little bit about some things that you really want to take a look at. The first section in this chapter is gonna dive into self-concept. How is your self-concept developed? Now it's been developing since you were a child, You'll hear terms like self-esteem you're very familiar with, low self-esteem and high self-esteem. You probably already know. But what happens sometimes is we sort of develop our self-concept and our identity can kind of get wrapped in these reflected appraisals or maybe based on our what your textbook will call reference group. So we get compared to the people around us. Are we athletic compared to who? Are we smart compared to who? Are we pretty or attractive compared to who? So it's really important to look at those and then to start to think, who do I give power to in those places to develop my self-concept? My favorite semester that I've ever taught this class was almost nine years ago and I was teaching a room full of dual credit students and I had 35 in the room. It was so much fun. They were all juniors and seniors and all fairly quote unquote accomplished. So all state soccer players, everybody was on some sort of high honor roll. They had accolades and academics and we took in a chunk of our time and I just had them go to the whiteboard and I said, here's what I want you to do. Everybody write two adjectives that you think the public or sort of society would use to describe your generation. So you're 16, 17, 18 years old. What are two adjectives they would use to describe you? Now, let's use two adjectives your parents would use to describe you and teachers would use. And so people that have authority in your life, these are the people that are helping to develop your self-concept now. So I'll never forget, I looked up and I saw whiteboard after whiteboard after whiteboard filled with the most negative adjectives lazy self-centered drunk insecure selfish just filled and i'll never forget looking at all of those students and we just sat for a minute and we looked at it together and i thought that's really overwhelming but the truth is you probably hear those messages every day and I took an eraser and I said, I don't have a magic wand, but if I could erase all of these words and I began to erase them and I said, let me replace them with what I see in you. There's such power in people actually sharing words of positivity over us. Your textbook's gonna talk about how you can also speak those words. There's this great concept of self-fulfilling prophecy. If I say, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna achieve this and I begin to speak that, the truth is it's more likely to happen. But if I say I'm a failure, I'm never gonna be great, that's also going to happen. A couple other things I want you to pay attention to in this chapter is really understanding this idea of my public self and my private self. In this section, 
you'll sort of jump into this idea of impression management and start to get honest and say, am I putting myself out there? We all say we have an Instagrammable life, right? Or we only put out the good stuff. And so in this world of social media, it's become very delusional as to what is reality. So we want to be careful and really look at and get an honest picture of what am I presenting? And then in private, what is my real life like? And I think the more honest that we are about that, it allows us to more effectively connect with other people. My mentor used to say, we lead through our strengths, but we connect to people through our weaknesses. And that weakness is really vulnerability. Just being honest about where we're at, naming the fear. I think people have tried to spin the pandemic, but the reality is sometimes we're just lonely and it's okay to say that. Uh, Before I wrap up this short podcast, just giving you an overview of what to look at. The last one we will talk about is disclosing the self. Again, social media has added this incredible layer that would not have existed before. But you'll go into really looking at uh, Altman and Taylor's social penetration theory that just says we as humans are basically onions and we have layers. And if we want to have healthy relationships, we should disclose those layers appropriately and in a, in a time frame that allows us space to process them. So if you wouldn't sit down with a random person online and just say, here are my hopes and fears, or maybe you would, or maybe you have, and that doesn't lead often to really healthy relationships. So if they're super quick to go deep, they're probably super quick to deteriorate. The other piece is that Jahari window. And you, when you filled out your outline last week, were asked to sort of grab pieces of the Jahari window and say, these are parts of me that I I hide from other people. This is the part of me that's an open book. And then, then maybe there's this part that I'm blind to and I don't know. And if I want to be a really self-aware person, a good communicator and able to talk, maybe I need to get honest with someone who knows me well to say, what am I not seeing about myself? I've included my favorite clip from the show Friends because it's a great example of a situation where a friend points out something in another friend and then the friend says, oh my gosh, why didn't you tell me? And the friend says, we honestly thought you already knew. So make sure you watch the couple clips that I've posted. This week you're looking at sort of this idea of Jahari Window and saying, could I be more open about who I am Um, my hopes, my fears, my desires, the more open I become, the more easy it is for other people to connect with me in relationship. Take a minute and really look at this chapter and think about your own life, your own self-concept, your own self-esteem, your own hidden areas, and really look at how am I being healthy about disclosing information to other people? And am I getting honest about the risks and the rewards of that. I will tell you, as I've said multiple times, relationships are the hardest work, but they're the best work. They increase the quality and the quantity of our lives. It's It can be very difficult, and there are moments it gets really hard, but I wanna end with a quick story about my son who was in fourth grade, and he had sort of this high self-esteem, but it was kind of wrapped up in this idea that he was smart. So from the time he was little, he could read early. And then that caused teachers to praise him. And it 
and it cycled into the space of he is the smart kid. That's what his identity was in. And he was the good kid and he was the nice kid. And those terms became sort of self-fulfilling prophecies. So then he began to do more smart things, but he also began to be nice because his identity became in being nice. And then one day he broke a friend's slinky at our house and they were probably eight or nine years old. And I'll never forget, he was so upset and I couldn't get him to talk because he was sobbing so much. And I said, what is going on? And I had this sort of epiphany and I thought he messed up and his identity is in being the smart, good kid that doesn't make mistakes. And all of a sudden he thought, if I don't have that, who am I? We spent time for a long time just saying, listen, you're more than being just a smart kid because you're going to fail a test. And you're more than being just a nice kid because you're probably going to hurt somebody's feelings at some point. But you're a son to us and you're a brother to your sisters. And you are a friend and you have worth beyond what you're able to do. And so I think it's important as you look at the self-concept to really remember that you are a lot of things. But when your identity becomes in being smart or being athletic and your whole self-esteem or your whole self-concept is wrapped up in those, then you have to maintain those to maintain this positive self-esteem. And I want you to know that you can be a great student and still mess up, a great son or daughter still mess up. And so as you're going through this, I want you to think about um, how when you've messed up, it's affected your communication with other people. And I want to encourage you not to let it and to, and to start to look at areas that you can be open and say, I'm not perfect, but in my life, I'm making progress and I'm willing to do the work and I'm willing to continue showing up and disclosing more parts of myself because I want to have good relationships. And I know that that starts with healthy communication. So enjoy this chapter and the clips that are provided. And I look forward to seeing all of your answers. Remember, being a good communicator starts with being the best version of yourself. And you can't help what you don't acknowledge or understand. So, may the understanding begin.